I believe that God has selected this year for the birthing of a great awakening right here in this city, in our midst, in Church in the Sun, the time is now. I believe that most of us have a sense that there is more in a relationship with God than we are presently experiencing. There is more power, more of his presence, more freedom, and more of a download of heaven's glory. There is more. And I believe that he is calling all of us to engage him in a more intimate way and that we are more devoted to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our New Year series is called Shelf Life, and we're talking about taking those things off the shelf that bring life and bring freshness to us. Last week, we talked about pulling down prayer and fasting. This is our eighth day in our 21-day fast, and I believe we're going to live through it, and that food, well, anyway, Fasting is the abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. We're not mourning. We are celebrating the goodness of God. We're not trying to get God's favor. We already have his favor. But we are putting food aside, some of us, maybe one meal in 21 days, some a meal every day, some are fasting for a week, some are fasting till Christ comes. But anyway, we're fasting, and we are believing for incredible things to happen. Our noon prayer meetings on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live on Facebook, and really off the chain. I'd like you to uh, pull out, I'll be talking about the Bible this morning. You pull out your Bible and I felt this morning that this is one of probably the most uh, important messages I have ever spoken in my life. I would like to suggest that on your program, on the back side, that you can take a note, some notes. And I'd like us all be to believe that God will speak to us, not generally, but specifically in our walk with him that when our talk is over, our session is over, we go out and we feel like we have taken a step closer in our relationship with Christ. Mark 4, again, we're using the Bible this morning. Chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them 
many things by parables and in his teaching he said. Now the word parable means to set alongside. And what Jesus was doing was he was taking a spiritual truth and he was setting it alongside of our spiritual life for our personal enhancement. Jesus, in this parable, is talking about a farmer. Has everybody, anyone ever been on a farm? Raise your hand if you've been on a farm. How many have ever been a farmer? Okay, we have one man. God bless you. I understand that on, in farming, they plant seeds. And Jesus here is talking about the planting of seeds. And he is talking about these four different kinds of soil. And he is helping us to understand how we advance in our relationship with him. And so Jesus begins his talk. Listen, verse 3, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came, ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, rocky Remember that movie? Where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil, soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil, it came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, 60, and 100 times. And read verse 9. Then Jesus said, Say that again. Whoever. So Jesus is holding a service. And his morning service, like this, was held outside. There was no sound system, no air conditioning, and no chairs. And so Jesus, because the crowd, maybe thousands, that were gathered together, we have a picture of the crowd here, they were gathered together, and Jesus now begins to have his pulpit in the boat. He was a rather non-traditional teacher. And after he has given this talk about this guy, the farmer, and the soils, his leaders circle around, and they have a small group in the boat, 
And they begin to talk to Jesus. Jesus, uh, I don't have any idea what you said. I, I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like happens here sometimes. Well, what was your point? What were you really trying to say, Jesus? And Jesus somewhat, I wouldn't say upset, but certainly wondering why they can't get it. And you'll notice here that Jesus begins to give them the talk clear in verse 13 and 14. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables the sower sows the seed. And what Jesus is saying in this parable, he is saying that the seed, the word of God is like a seed. And he's talking about the seed being planted in the hearts of Christ's followers so that it not only comes into them, but now they become fruitful, and in essence, they change the entire world. And of course, they don't get it. So Jesus starts out, and he says in verse 15, 14, 15, some are like seed along the path where the word is sown, and as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And Jesus begins to talk about the seed that is, flow, is somehow being sown on the path the place where people walk, and as they begin to walk, the pathway is hard, and the seed is not able to get into the soil, or the point is get into our hearts, and consequently, the seed is lost. And the Bible says that Satan comes because he is very, very upset whenever the word of God is sown because he does not want it to get into our hearts. He wants us to somehow have the word, and here's the picture, he wants to have the word get onto the pathway, and when it's on the pathway, it can't get into our hearts, and Satan is not concerned how much we hear the word. He's not concerned how many times we open the Bible and read the word. What he is concerned about, that if you are exposed to the sowing of the word, and you begin to hear the word, and you begin to have the word come into your heart, 
and then you go out of here and you not only hear the word, you begin to implement the word, and after a while, people see you as successful followers of Christ who are able to do impossible things. So, some people are sitting in the chair, and some come every week, and they sit in the chair, and they sit in the chair, and Satan says, you're no threat, stay in that chair, boy, because whatever said, you're not going to get it. Now, I don't want to focus on Satan, and Satan is not omniscient, but I'll tell you, he knows a lot. And he knows when you're about to be inundated with something good, and he'll distract you, and he'll get you thinking about the kids at home, and get you thinking about you can't come to church today, and you don't have time to read your Bible. And so you may be sitting in the first chair. The seed is still on the seat. Let's hit the second kind. The Bible says here, the next kind of soil has to do with rocky. Verse 16 and 17, let's read this one aloud. Others, verse 16, others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no, verse 17, but since they have they last only for a short time. So now, the Bible says there's, there's the seed that's going to flow, going to come down in the soil that's rocky. Most theologians uh, believe this is talking about the soil that's just a little bit, and then underneath of the soil is what they call limestone. So it is called rocky. And so when the word is sown, what happens is there are too many rocks for the seed to really grab hold in your life. And often the seeds are places and things that have happened to us. This right here is the divorce you had, and you got beat up, and you got wounded right there, and you still have that. And over here is uh, this rejection. You were getting married to someone, and they said, goodbye, Jane. And over here is some kind of thing you got into. You started smoking marijuana over there. Over here, uh, you're into pornography. Over here, you are a gossiper, and you, you kind of you affected that. And over here is your mother-in-law. But anyway, we have all these things that happen. And uh, so, and these are all... Scratch that from the tape. <laughs> and here, here are all these things that happened to us. And, and I would say that kind of 
part of this is you're just a broken person, right? And part of this is like mixed in bad stuff. So you got, you got, you got, wow, I like that. You got, wow, praise God. You got, you got, you got a lot of stuff going on in there. However, you're sitting in the chair. And you got, you got Rocky with you. And you want to hear, oh, my God, you're trying to read your Bible. Oh, this is drudgery. There's nothing there. It's like reading the encyclopedia. <laughs> and then you say, is there a God? Where is God? Where is God? Well, you got, keep that up there. You got, is it up there? You got, you got too much stuff going on here. And that's why we have God encounters. And guess what? You know who, you know who needs a God encounter the most? Sometimes the person that needs the God encounter the most are people who have been saved the longest. I, Judy and I flew out to... Uh, Baton Rouge to have an encounter. I went by myself because I needed more firepower and I need to be healed my soul. Now, I don't know how much stuff we have in there, but Jesus is giving this talk and he's talking about these things that you have Rocky and you have all those things in there. And remember, you are the custodian of your heart. We have to ask ourselves, not as what is in our wallet, as Capital One says, <laughs> but we have to ask the question, what's in our heart? So what is in your heart? How long are you going to allow this, keep that up there, how long are you going to allow this thing to stay in there? Now... It's your call. Now, if God can't forgive, then you ought to keep Rocky. But God will forgive anything. There's one thing I do in my life. I'm quick to forgive, and I'm quick to forget. As long as I resent someone, they're in my face. Forgiveness is release them. Say, God, take this guy. You can take care of him. So the question is, what is in your heart? Then Jesus hits the third type of heart. He says in verse number 18, Still others, like seed among thorns, hear the word, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, come in and choke. Say that word, choke. Say it again, choke. Say it again, choke the word, making it unfruitful. So now he talks about thorns. We got a screen on that too, thorns. And so what is happening is he mentions the three thorns. And he says, these are, he's speaking here to his followers, you have the thorn of worry. You are a night atheist. 
You are a Sunday believer. And what you do when you worry, should say we, when we worry and we wonder if our problem will ever be resolved, what we are doing is we have doubt. And you may be excited you're not into porn, but being in doubt means you don't really believe what God says regarding your circumstance. And he says the deceitfulness of cash, whether you have a lot or a little, and by the way, the people generally that make more money, they give less. And the everyday person gives more, So, which says as your cash stacks, you get very, very sad to write a check or text 10% of the money you got because you have been deceived by your cash. By your cash. Jesus says you also get your golf game, your love for sports, and all the other things higher than God first. Parents, now we have parents that go every day, every day, miss every Sunday. Listen, if you have games on Sunday with your kids and you got to go to that soccer game, fine. We established Wednesday night services for those who work on Sunday. So Wednesday is your Sunday. You don't miss the game on Sunday, and the next week miss the games on Sunday. And by the way, only half, we have 600 young people, and only about 200, 250 are a part of our youth ministry because there are too many things going on, and you may have a great sports person and never really meet Jesus. Less excitement, I'll move right along. So what is in your heart? And often what we have to do, and if you're going to anchor a verse, this is one of my favorite, and it's Hosea 10, 12, and he talks about planting the seeds of righteousness. He talks about plowing up the hard ground, and he talks about us being able, because he says, it's time to seek the Lord. It is time to go after the Lord. It is time to be passionate about the Lord. It's time to have your appetite that is so enlarged that you have a reason that you are going to decide that you're going to have a morning briefing or afternoon briefing with heaven and you're going to take your Bible and you're going to open your Bible and when you open your Bible, you're not coming to read the Bible. You're coming to hear a word from God as you read. Now, I, I, I'm a 
uh, I learned when we were starting our youth ministry, when I didn't know what to do, I flew up to Washington to a ministry called TAG, and I walked into the room, and there were 2,000 people there. And I'm wondering, what are they doing? They show in a movie, do they have a this or that? And they had some really great, exciting music. And then C.J. Mahaney, Larry Tomczak, they got up, and they opened the Bible, which is rare in churches today, opened the Bible and actually talk about something. And I saw 2,000 voracious young kids actually taking notes and they were like on the edge of their seat. They're like, yeah, like I, 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 I've, come, I've come to learn, not to attend. I've come to worship Jesus. I haven't come to attend. And they were sitting there and I looked around and I've been typical church where people attend and, and every, every young person I could see had a Bible and they all had a pen, in those days used pens, and are taking notes on what was said. And I didn't know anything about youth ministry, but I went back and I said, I'm going to teach the Bible and I'm going to get every young person to bring a Bible to, to our, our sessions and then take notes, which made me think, what would happen if everyone in our place here, some are having your smartphone, well, you need to bring your smart on-site Bible if that's what you're in. But wouldn't it, be glad, wouldn't it be great if everybody brought your Bible and don't rely on these scriptures up here, but you get out and say, I, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, the devil doesn't like you to carry this thing around because this thing is alive and powerful because he knows if you start to get into this thing after a while, you're going to be able to hear, don't take any pictures, you're going to begin to hear what God is saying, not a general saying, not something about something somewhere. It's about you hearing a word of God. And if you do not hear the word of God, your mind, your mind is a blessing and a curse because your mind will think its way down the trail and then there is also your emotions and feelings and your mind and your emotions take you on a road trip where you never want because you didn't have time to get a word from God. Every year, I get a brand new Bible. Larry, Larry uh, helped me get into uh, doing the one-year Bible. I get a brand new Bible. Now, I use this kind of a Bible because I write all over the place. Here's my first few days and I underline, and I write in the margins, and I ask questions, and, and then I'm, I'm not, I don't want to read the Bible through in the year. That's a, a lot of people read their Bible. Reading your Bible won't change you with the Holy Spirit power and you hearing a word. So as you're reading the word, and there's a story in here, you're thinking not, I want to know all those names. That's good too, but you're applying. How does that apply? Like the other day, you're reading through the book of Genesis, and it's talking about Abraham, and it's talking about Isaac, and it keeps saying, yeah, there you can see the stars in the sky. That's your generation, and he's talking about the promise, and I'm reading that, and I ask God, so I, I don't want to just know about he had a promise, so I'm reading, and the Holy Spirit says to me, Alex, don't forget the promises I've given to you. So some, some people are reading the Bible like, it's all history here. This 
This, this is about the past, but it is for us to be able to inculcate this in our lives. And then I, I read this about the blessing of God, and it kind of like hit me, and, and then I, I write down, and now I start, and I, I write something down. You need to, you need to take notes. Please don't, don't, don't read the Bible through and say, I read three chapters. <laughs> now, it's better than reading something else, but no, no, that's, that's not life-changing. A lot of people read the Bible. I had a guy in church with me many years ago. He probably knew 100 times more than I knew. He's a doctor. He didn't have one scripture in his heart. And I start out, and I write here what I'm reading. It's Saturday, December 23rd, at home, reading and listening to the Lord. Father, my good, good Father, you've watched over us in every way. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reading Revelation 12, the ministry of Satan, always accusing us. First day of the year, it's New Year's night. I'm sitting in my chair. Thank you, God, for such a beautiful Christmas season. Thank you for the miracle. We had a financial miracle the last day of the year. And I, I told God, thank you, yay, God. And then I'm sitting there in my chair. And the last day, he says, it will be a year of healing in the church. And then he starts talking to me. And let me tell you that every single person, no matter if you got, came to Christ last year or last week, you can be a part of something magnificent of hearing and 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 hearing so that we will be fruitful our fruitfulness does not begin in what we do. It begins what he is producing in us, fruit. Galatians 5 strikes it out. Nine deals there. It's not about what you do out here only. It's what's in your heart. How are you treating your family? What are you saying in conversation? Don't forget, anyone can lose their marriage. Another person can only take so much of you. If you go in the wrong direction. What kind of fruitfulness do you have inside? What kind of self-control do you have? When it gets tense and it gets really passionate, are you the leader that slows the thing down and humbles yourself? How much fruit do you have? There's a connection between inner fruit and what you're doing there in that chair or wherever you are doing every single day. He's looking, he's looking to do things in such a passionate way for us that we plow up, we plow up, put up those rocks again. We begin to plow up this stuff. We become like a forgiveness organism of life. Same Rocky here. So something comes up, someone cuts you off. Don't pull out your gun and kill them. People are doing that too. I, I always bless them. Praise God. They're, they're in a fast pace and almost killed me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, 
there's a man standing up right there with looking at the scriptures here. Hey, listen, uh, get, a, get a knee-jerk reaction. When somebody does something, the first thing you think, I forgive you, praise God, hallelujah, but I'm going on with my life and you're not slowing me down or stopping me and I'm going to keep blessing you until you, anyway, you keep blessing them. You plow up these things, go to an encounter, read through the Bible this year, and let's see God do some great things. I like what it says. I like what it says in this last verse, verse 20. But those that were sown on good soil, and the ones who hear the word, hallelujah, accept it, bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And the New Living Translation says, what was sown? I believe the preponderance of all of us are in this chair and that we have a good heart. We hear the word of God, we receive the word, and we act on the word, and then we go out. Wasn't that a beautiful prayer that Pastor Jeff prayed? We go out from where, I think we could thank him. Where are you, Pastor Jeff? Over here. Thank him for that wonderful prayer. Now we go out because we're hearing now, and we hear this word, and then when he says, you need to go, that's a word we hear, and then we go, and God shows us where and how to do that, and he's still giving us the word to do it based on what the, the Bible says. Like Friday night, we had 16 go out, Irina, and, and uh, the team went out down to uh, the area down here where the bars are on the trail, and they were sharing Christ, people coming out of bars, ministering to drug dealers, addicts, pimps. They broke up a drug deal. We lost one per, no. Uh, <laughs> we need our security down there. Last day of the year, I'm, I'm coming, you know, I'm, I, can't, I can't share the gospel with our staff here. They're all Christians. So I have, I'm the light of the world at the gym. That's where I am. And the last day, I'm coming out. I'm running, and Judy's waiting on me, and I'm, I'm really in a hurry, and I'm going, and, and I'm coming, and all of a sudden, the Lord says, talk to that girl. Uh, all right? And I'm not suggesting you ever do this, Okay. She's selling uh, Anderson windows. She's just standing there. And I know the Lord said that. And so I stopped and I said, do you go to church? Awkward. <laughs> She's, no, I'm from Columbia, and I really don't know any, anyone in the city. And I said, well, start talking about Jesus, talking about the Lord. And I haven't done this very often, but all of a sudden I get this word. I'm not going to call it a prophecy, but just, and God has this, and he wants to do this, and I'm like, 
in the gym, and, and all of a sudden, she starts to bawl. And I said, you know, we're starting a new ministry for singles, 40s and 50s, and Linda Tremble is heading that up, and I'm going to have her call you. She called her that Wednesday night. Mary was in church, and Mary, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to stand. Uh, stand up, Mary. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy an Anderson window later. <laughs> so what's the connection? So, so I'm reading my Bible. I'm not reading through my Bible this year to read, to read, to read, to read. That doesn't change the world normally. But I'm reading for a word. I'm reading for a word. And I'm, I'm going to hold on. Like services like this, if you come, I'll tell you, wherever I am, I take notes. I don't care. If Pastor Jeff preaches, I take notes. I don't care who preaches. I go to any meeting, I take notes. Because I want to, I'm like crazy learning. And if I'm not learning, I'm not really good. So for me to go to a meeting, oh, that was great. Yeah, praise God. Glory to God. Yes. What are you going to remember tomorrow morning? What would happen? We got about 5,000 people around here. What would happen? We got a service. Hey, I'm in a smartphone. How many use smartphone for notes? Let me see your hand. Okay. How many don't? You actually use pens. Okay. So use a pen or use your phone. But sit on the edge of your seat. <clears throat> I didn't come to attend. <laughs> Go to a movie. And if you're not hearing, this may not be your church. Or it may be you're so gut full of the word of God, you give nothing out. God won't give you another word because you're stuffed to death. I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. You don't do anything. And you haven't said, you haven't done the last thing. When he says something to do, when he says to me, that girl at the Anderson deal, do it. Now, what if I said, nah, it's my own idea. He's going to pick somebody else to do that. So I talked to Alex. He won't, he won't do anything. And if you're here, you say, I never hear anything. Now, it may not be that case, but it could be you're not wanting to do what he says. And I'm getting off my notes. And that's why I have notes. I got right at the end of all this, and I felt like the Lord was saying very succinctly, that we, the church has to wake up and do what we're called to do 
in a very broken world. Ladies and gentlemen, Washington cannot do it. And we ought to have churches of 50,000. If they can have them in Korea, we can have churches here of 50,000. And I'm not talking about a crowd. I'm talking about disciples of Christ who are making disciples. And you saw in that movie, it said, if everyone got one person, one Mary saved, we would be able to take a third or a great part of our nation with one. But we, we have Christians and, and they're sitting and, and well, <clears throat> that, was, that was, hey, get up and get out of here and do something, do something. Your neighbors are perishing. Your friends are perishing. You're a student, you're a student in school. Don't you be intimidated by people. You are called by heaven. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit. You are empowered by heaven. And God is saying, I want you to awaken. And he says, I want to do a great awakening. But don't think of the great awakening out there. Think of the great awakening in here. Every single person in this day, in this room is going to die. I don't know how you, whether you have five days, a thousand days, and don't think because you're 17, you can't die. Every person in this room, you got to set time. And most of the visions are down at the cemetery in the bottom because you didn't get up and do it. Listen, every day is important. Every service we have around here is important. Now, I'm believing for 300 guests every single week. 10 is great. 50 is great. Never take the city. I'm believing for 100 people to come to Christ every single week. I don't know how long we have. By what is happening in Washington and what is happening in the nations of the world, I don't know how long we have. And I would hate to get to heaven. And God say, Alex, why didn't you have a sense of urgency? Get the thing moving. Get the thing moving. Ladies and gentlemen, don't read through your Bible. Don't read through your Bible only. And when you open that Bible, don't you just think about what God did. That Bible was not given to you for you just to know what God did. We're not looking back to say, I wish he'd do it now. That's not the point. The point is, what he did, he will do again. Yeah. I'm over time. Just play a little something there. We must expect a great awakening. Pray for the great awakening. And we have to make room for him. And we have to have help, healthy hearts. And we cannot be silent, and we cannot be affected by the darkness around us, and we cannot allow those rocks of darkness to stay in us, and we are the light, and we are the hope, and we are the representatives of Jesus. Let's disrupt Satan. Let's shake the gates of hell. Let's disrupt the lies of deception. Let's take over schools and campuses. Let's shake this nation that the people of God know in this city. We are not involved in religion. We are involved in being an extension of who Christ is. Let it be known around this city, if you want to have hope in your darkness, you go over to that campus and they will love you. And when you walk in this door, there are thousands of people and you see people and your assignment in the bathroom or wherever you're, you're loving them, you're hugging them, you're talking because you don't know who is there about to take their life and you have to say something and you can't get on your motorcycle and come in and leave and think about your family. Somebody next to you, a word of God you, you have for them. You, we need to pray for you or whatever it is because the word of God is for us to change the world and the world changes not just far away, it begins where I am. The Marys.
Let it be not said 100 years from now, back in 2019, there were a group of people and God gave them a $20 million campus and they sat on the chairs and somewhere on the heart is number one, heart number two, and heart number three. Let it say, be said of this church that there was a people who came out of darkness 100% of them went to a God encounter and got the rocks knocked out of them. And when you come into this place and you invite your friend, this is not another service. This is not another church. Ladies and gentlemen, we did not start this church 20-some years ago to have another church to sit around and say, hey, that's really great. Bring your Bible you better train your kids like you're training them sports. You better, at least by six or seven, tell them to have a Bible. And you better train them about getting alone with God at seven years old, not 17. And dad, they better, they better see you. They better see you in your chair. They better see you, mom, in your chair. You better be in that chair. Because most of our problems are the result of nobody in the chair. You better be visible. You better get the Bible. Yes, I'm for, I'm for sports, but I've seen over the years, sports, 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 sports. I've watched it. And when they're 18 or 19, they have no desire for God. They, you couldn't take them to the youth ministry. I want to shake you up this morning. You better, you better get every one of your kids. You better get every one of your kids. Where's PJ? Where's PJ? Is he here? PJ. He's not here. Okay, PJ. All the mix, stand up. Wherever you are, the mix. Stand up. The mix. Everyone in the avenue, stand up. Avenue. You're in the avenue. Stand up. Stand up. Avenue. Want to commission everyone in the avenue? I'm believing for hundreds every single weekend in this service. You go out, you get them, you charge them up, and we're going to have the next generation, we're going to have this generation, and so help me God, so help me God, we will not have a church of sitters and lookers and listening. You bring your Bible, you bring your pad, you bring your kids. And whatever you have to do on Wednesday night, I'm believing for 500 kids on Wednesday night in the mix. I'm believing for 300. Stand up, Pastor Mark, where are you? Pastor Mark, where are you? Okay, here's, here's some. Pastor Mark, Mark and Brittany, we're believing first Sunday night of the month. We're believing for 300. Every, every single in their 20s. We gotta shake this place up, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta kick this deal. We got to kick the steel. I'm going to be in my chair tomorrow morning. I'm going to be in my chair the next morning. And I've been in my chair and I've been, I've been to hell and back like you. Some of you have been to hell. I've been to hell. I've been to battles. I should be dead. I should be dead just like you should be dead. But I'll tell you how I come back. If I can get in my chair. And I can get along with God and get out my Bible and get out my pad and begin writing, writing. 
and I get on my knees, you can't take me out. You can't take me out, Satan. You can't take me out. You can't take me out. You can't take me out. I'm not going down. 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 And let me tell you something. I believe that God has commissioned me for years ahead. I am getting stronger, and I'm going to knock the gates of hell, and I'm going to crush them, and I will, leave, I will live to see a great awakening, and they will write about this awakening. And this year is a year of doubling. I want you to bring a friend next Sunday. I believe in the 8 o'clock service, there are no seats in here. I'm going to commission every one of you. Bring a Mary. You can bring them if you get your eyes. John was in the first service. He called his friends, had two come. He said, I'm coming back to the 11 o'clock service. I hope your appetite is voracious. Voracious. And if you have no appetite, here's the answer. Get in your chair. And on the first day, like I did years ago, I was horrible. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I sat in my chair. And I said, I'm going to sit here. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit here the first morning for 15 minutes. And it was awful. But I started. And our kids are serving Christ. Jackie is in this service and is serving Christ. Vanjie is serving Christ. And let me tell you, you know why? In part... They were in this, in this church, and they were a part of the youth ministry because I can't raise them, couldn't raise them by myself. And you're trying to raise your kids by yourself. Why do we take thousands and thousands of dollars for all these ministries and kids and people coming once every three weeks, once a month? Why? No appetite. And I hope you feel uncomfortable if it is a word for you. Because it is a time for us to arise. And if the, our churches do not arise in this country and arise in this city, we cannot change the world. But so help us, God. We will give our all. And we will love Jesus with all our heart. And golf, sports, all the things we love, are wonderful, but keep them under God first. Amen. You don't have any idea the potential that you have. When a pastor asked me to ser serve in a Sunday school class, I had no interest, and I never dreamed of being in the ministry. One pastor and one ask, and it began to change my life. And I started to hear what God had for my life. No matter how far you're away from God. No matter how many decisions you've made have been the wrong decisions. And 
and you are covered and filled with condemnation and guilt and shame, Jesus beckons you to come. The smile on his face, he says, you come, Bill. You come, Ed. You come, Cindy. Bible says we come as we are. In a minute, we're going to count to three and ask you just to put up your hand and say, pray for me. I want Jesus. Maybe you're a part of the seed soil. The rocks took you over and you're way out there, but you know a lot about Jesus. He says, it's all right. Let's begin anew. We come as we are to Christ. And we say yes to Christ because his grace is unending. His mercy is beyond our understanding. And just as he made me a new person and many hundreds and thousands around here, he'll make you a new person. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, just say, Alex, pray for me. Pray for me. Not, you're not too far gone. Some people here, you're just addicted to the wrong things. This is a lighthouse, and you came here for such a time as this. I'm going to count to three. All you do is say, pray for me. I need forgiveness. One, two, three. Put your hand up wherever you are. Put it up wherever you are. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Who? Who? Put it up. Come on. Come on. Put your hand up. I'm going to ask those that lifted their hands or didn't. Right here. Is that Mary? God bless you, Mary. God bless you. Who do you have? Bring them to the altar. You need Jesus. In the balcony. Come on, come on.
I feel like there are a few more that need to come. And in a minute, I want us to do something a little awkward, like I asked Mary, do you go to church? But somehow, God works through our awkwardness. And I always think when I'm in a service, we'll never have a service like this when just we're together exactly. And that a person's destiny is maybe on the line today. So in just a second, without embarrassing or feeling uncomfortable, we just say, you know, would you like Jesus in your life to be forgiven? You can turn to a friend, and it may be your wife or husband, maybe your son. I feel like there's some whole families that need, that have been away from God, and I want to open this up also to kind of people that have drifted away from the Lord and just need to really be forgiven of a lot of things. And um, there's nothing greater in this service than this moment when people are going to go to heaven to be with Jesus the rest of their life. So uh, turn to someone to say, would you like to go up? And if they do, go, come up with them. And, and it's not offensive. It's just we want everyone to come to Christ. Go do it. Do it. Try it. And uh, if they need Jesus, just walk up the aisle with them in the balcony. Walk down the sides here. And we'll close this office, this uh, service. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone at, one at all that needs to come? Anyone else needs to come to Christ? I'll wait a moment. just a moment Holy Spirit we're pausing here and we're asking for you to move upon hearts I know there are a lot of people that are disconnected from you they need to start again help men to take the hand of their wife or girlfriend and come down here and say from now on we're going after Jesus thank you Jesus yes thank you for coming the couple just came right now. I don't know why I am uh, hesitant to, to cl close the altar call, but there are some desperate people here. If you do not act today, it will be a loss for you. So uh, I'm not going to do the altar call yet. Our Lord, in a great awakening, we do things differently. We wait upon you. There are people here who are unloved. Bless you. God bless you. Austin, just play on the keys something. Just, just play something on the keys. Holy Spirit, come down now. Jesus. Eternity is real. Jesus. I call the disconnected. Call them. Yes, yes.
bring them from the balcony, the last row up there, all over this building. Let the altars be so packed we can't get in the room to take care of them. I'm telling you, there's strongholds over people's lives and we're not putting up with it anymore. We are going to pray for them and we're going after them for Jesus in the name of Jesus. I break every stronghold over every person's life in the name of Jesus. I break every stronghold. I break every drug addiction. I break every stronghold in the name of Jesus. Get out of your darkness, yes. Keep coming. I break every stronghold in the name of Jesus. Pornography, in the name of Jesus, I break these strongholds. I break these strongholds. Everybody's going to heaven in the name of Jesus in this room. I declare it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The break is coming. The break is coming. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Everybody, keep praying. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. The break is coming. The break is coming. Yes. Another couple. The break is coming. Yes. Yes. The break is coming. Keep keep hitting it. Keep hitting it. The break is coming. The harvest 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 is coming. In Jesus' name, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Yes, still coming, you come, come. Keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, keep playing. 
this building. All over this building, people are being healed. Lift your hands right now for healing. Eyes, legs, heart condition. Claim your healing. This is a year of healing in our church. Put your hand on your heart to be healed of every, every stone that has lodged in your heart in the name of Jesus. I declare healing over this entire building in the name of Jesus. The rocks have to go. The thorns have to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every demonic power has to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every stronghold's coming down in the name of Jesus. Deliverance. Now deliverance is happening. The spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Renounce the spirit, demonic fear in the name of Jesus. Come against it in the name of Jesus. Come against oppression. Speak out loud. Speak out loud. Speak, speak out loud. Every demon spirit is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Declare it in the name of Jesus. Declare it. Healing. 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 Healing.
For all those that have come this morning, would you please look this way for a minute? You made a lot of decisions in your life. It's the very best. Just coming to Christ. We're not focusing on how bad you've been, but how good Jesus is. And the way we come to Jesus is to focus not we're going to get better in what we do first. God changes our hearts. And we first come and give our lives to Christ. We're saying, Jesus, give you my life. And we come to him in faith and putting our faith in Christ. And it begins with a confession, a prayer. You may be only able to whisper it. Maybe you didn't come. I know we have thousands probably watching. Wherever you are, you can, you can fall towards Christ and open your heart. And we're going to pray this prayer. And your next step is to declare water baptism, identify with the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. Let all the invisible and visible powers of the world know I am a Christ follower. And Pastor Dave Taylor and Dawn are over our new life ministry. And right after our prayer, just going to go to the side for five or six minutes. We want to give you something. And then we're going to be with you to have and see Christ move in your life. So I'm going to ask all of the family here to say this out loud in concert with our friends. And if you're way far from God, you didn't come, pray the prayer, and Christ will change your life. Let's say it together. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you, faith in you. that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace and the gift of righteousness. And eternal life. life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You're in the family. God bless you. Go with Pastor Dave. Go with Pastor Dave.